Hello, everyone. My name is Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector guy. And uh, this is your professionals and animal lovers show. And we come to you every week live as a radio show here on talkradio.nyc. And we're here for a couple of reasons. Uh, I'll tell you, I feel so mellow. I was all high strung like six minutes ago. And then our theme song starts and I, I start to become so zen and chill. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm still Tommy D. Um, I am frenzied. Here we go again. All right. So this is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. We want to do a few things and I'm going to I'm going to kind of change up the introduction today, but we want to do a few things each week. We want to amplify the message of how important it is to live right next to the Long Island Railroad because the Long Island Railroad train shows up every time I try to talk on a live video or not. And I tell you that because it's going to, I just heard it. You'll all hear it. Now. That's not what we're trying to amplify. We're trying to, Val looks so confused. We're trying to amplify the message <laughs> that the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. The reason I said the Long Island Railroad is because it just shows up every time I'm in a meeting. Here we go. We want to show the support for organizations. <laughs> um, we we're, we want to show the support that nonprofits who serve the animal advocacy community, organizations, as well as professionals, professionals and animal lovers who serve the animal advocacy community want to work together. We want to show that business owners who serve animals and advocate on behalf of animals want to work together. We do four things here. There's the train. I told you it was coming. Choo, choo. We want to do four things together. We want to educate. We want to advocate. We want to accelerate and ultimately, we want to activate. What, right, Val? We want to activate, right? Isn't that something we want to do here? Activate. Pet Avengers, activate. <laughs> That's what I wanted you to My do. My cat. That was it. You almost knocked. Is that Puffy or Phoebe? Phoebe just jumped out of my lap when I did that. See, you got to be careful. You're supposed to be an animal advocate, and you just threw a cat <laughs> on the floor. So, I look, at least it wasn't like a big cat, because it is the year of the tiger. So shout out it to all is. the people who've been telling me, you know, happy year of the tiger. Yes. Um, I don't know if you knew this, Valerie. I don't know if I told you this, but my children were off from school yesterday, which is a new thing. I guess the Chinese New Year is now uh, a, a, a day off. So I see Linda nodding and, and Alex. Oh, wow. Myself. I didn't know. All I knew was there were small people in my house that are not usually here during that time of day. It's a, it's a federal holiday now. I, I don't know that either, but I do have to piggyback onto the year of the tiger thing because... There is a piece of legislation. This is part of the education that we like to provide um, to all of our animal advocates out there, or if you're looking to get involved and make a difference, this is an easy one. Um, you can contact your legislature and ask them to support uh, the bill, which is HR 263 slash S as in Sam. Um, it's actually, this is about just to give you some insight, think of Tiger King, big cats that are bred for photo ops where people can come and hold a tiger, a baby tiger, baby leopard and pet it. But then what happens when those animals grow up, right? Mm. It's a nightmare. They don't deserve to be in cages. They really deserve to be in the wild. And uh, it's just an industry that's really riddled with abuse and mismanagement for the animals. So again, uh, where, where, where is that? Is that that's a federal bill? Yes. Because I'd like to share with people a way. We'll share that on Facebook for those listening in on Facebook so they can check that out. Give me the okay. number if you could. The number 
It's called the Big Cat Public Safety Act, HR 263 forward slash S as in Sam. And this will prohibit public contact with big cats of any age and will ban private possession of big cats, protecting them from cruelty and abuse. So, yeah, so I found it on congress.gov. I, I mean, let's be honest. Um, you, these are wild animals. You know, I mean, to me, I, I don't know a lot about this stuff, but I know they're wild and they're supposed to stay in the wild. They're not supposed to be caged. They're not supposed to be put in the zoo. I remember like 15 <laughs> years ago, maybe 20 years ago, there was a guy in the Bronx in an apartment building in the Bronx. Do you, you remember this story? He had like a jaguar. Yeah. Get a jaguar yeah, like yeah. living in his apartment. That that's yeah. not that's not just a little. I am not the guy who knows a lot of stuff on the show when it comes to animal advocacy. But I will tell you this: having a, a jaguar in an apartment building in the Bronx is not what you're supposed to do. Like that, I know. Not I, a good idea. I don't think I'm going out on a limb with that one, right? Right. No, and you know the truth is they're not. You know, it's very difficult for a human being to live up to the standards of requirements that, that these exotic animals require. It doesn't happen. You know, they're used to hunting and killing and living in the wild. Uh, you cannot mimic that in your backyard. And uh, as you saw with some, if you watch Tiger King or other episodes, sometimes these creatures then get transferred. They end up in like roadside zoos. Or in the old days, like a circus before animals were removed from the circus. And it's just not, it's not a life for them, like at all. Like, Did you they, watch that? Did you watch that tiger, tiger thing? I tried. I, did you, Linda, Alex, did you watch that show <laughs> on Netflix? I, I, I did check it out because of all the publicity it was getting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, it's really crazy. Yeah, I didn't watch it. And and I mean, I have I have addiction problems for sure. And that's a show that I could have got really, like, really wound up in because I know it was like a frenzy, but I just somehow avoided it. It just seemed like and, and then the more people are talking about it, the more annoying it seemed to me. Yeah. And like, what's her yeah. name? Carol, Carol Baskin. Like my yeah. kid, my kids never watched the show, but it became like a TikTok thing, like a song. Oh, and my right. kids would like say the name. And I was like, that's, <laughs> like, that's a character from a show you guys have never seen. Very strange. Very strange. The point, though, right? So, you know, when we talk about educating and advocating, it's, you know, it's about us bringing you this information. It's like I'm here every week to learn. And I think that's why our our friends and fans and people that check it. I said we have fans, Valerie. I like that. Like we have fans. So talk about it. So talk about it. Just in, you know, we only saw this show in uh, September of last year. And after about a dozen episodes or so, we had 25,000 folks that checked in and listened to the show. So I, I just want to make a shout out to the people who have been paying attention to what we're doing. Um, yes. We're always looking for ideas and opportunities where you think we can improve and get better because this is a community. I don't even know if we're going to share yet, Val, but we do. We made a decision on something that we're going to do. I don't know if we're sharing it or not. I'll, I'll kind of let's right, share it. Let's so I'll make let, it real. I'll let you share it because once we put it out there in the universe, as you say, it is certainly real. Then we can't go back on it. So before okay. you before you share that, um, what I want to say is because of the success we've had and and uh, and the community we're building here together, and I, I don't mean Valerie and me, I mean all the folks who come on the show, the people listening, the people following what we're doing, you know, we've decided to open up an opportunity for some select companies that might want to be involved from a sponsorship perspective. If your community, if you're serving the community that we are connected to, and that's valuable to you, reach out to us. And the way you do that is you can send us an email at Jovi at pal, P-A-L hyphen show.com. So Jovi is, is Jovi even here, Valerie? 
he is. He's actually uh, helping with the laundry. <laughs> what? He's a okay. Linda he's in the Alex, other room. He's lying he's down. And he's a dog. He's he, he's monitoring a, the laundry. <laughs> so, so like animal abuse. I mean, is he a servant? I'm not real clear what's going on. Is he? He's a supervisor. He's a yeah. supervisor. Fair enough. All right. So somebody else is doing the laundry, and he's there. All right. Let's let's Alex Wolf. I haven't seen you. In, in like in real time, like in, in a room in years now uh, with COVID, right? Yeah, it's been a COVID's age. That's I know. Right. Yeah, a COVID's age. I like that. When I when I saw you were on the show, I was like, oh, wow, how fun is this? Alex is going to be on the show. Now, look, now, Alex Wolf is here. Linda Herskowitz is here. And Alex's real name is Wolf. And we didn't just bring him on the show because his name is Wolf. Or, I mean, I say that because I don't want people to change their name to something else and think <laughs> they're going to get on the show. Like, yes. You know what I'm trying to say? There was a lot of people that were about to do that. It was probably, might have been one. There might have been, might have been somebody that was going to do this. So Val, do you have anything else we want to educate people on real quick before I bring Alex and Linda into this conversation? Um, I really have just two quick shout outs and um, they're both to prior guests. So one of them is Jonathan Devereaux, who was, uh, who is a certified pet nutritionist and who shared a lot of great information. Now we have a senior dog. He's technically a senior. He's like 10 something years old. Um, and we took one of her recipes that she was, uh, you know, very um, proud of. It's a bone, a bone broth recipe for dogs. And we just started giving this to him once a day, like a teaspoon a day, whatever, about two months ago. The difference in his behavior, like his agility, um, we have a huge flight of stairs. It's like 17 stairs. Sometimes he goes up halfway and then he starts barking. Like I, I say he's calling the elevator. Sometimes he doesn't even go at all up the stairs and he just sits at the bottom and barks like, can somebody you know, come get me kind of a thing? He has stopped doing that. He's going up and down the stairs every day on his own volition. I don't even have to think about that anymore. How, how long has he been on his bone broth regimen? About two months, I would say. Ever since we had her on the show, literally the next day we made the bone broth recipe for him. And he did have a little tweak several months ago, like we um, in his ACL, whatever. And, you know, look, he's getting older, just like us. It's not as much fun to climb stairs anymore. <laughs> but now it's it's just a non-event. And that's huge. That is huge for us. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he's feeling really good and he's running up and down the stairs, it's night and day. So it's like, to me, it's like a miracle broth. And I just I encourage anyone who... Especially yeah. 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 Shout yeah. Out. Like that's so awesome. It I, really is, and it's easy to do. So anyway, the, the we'll, other thing. Uh, sorry, quick, quick. I just want to say, Val. I just want to say we'll yeah. put John. We'll put a link to John. Her company is Fetch, right? And uh, we'll yeah. share some of her information on Facebook as well. But Val, please go right ahead, take it away. Awesome. Uh, sorry. The the last other thing. Our first get one of our first guests. It was two. Um, Regina Mendoza, who runs Camp Happy Tales. Uh, I just actually was able to refer her a wonderful family who's looking to adopt, uh, you know, a rescue dog. And so everybody crossed their fingers. I think uh, I might have made a good match here, but, you know, I would only refer people to her because, A, she runs an incredible rescue with very high standards. Um, and B, because this is a fantastic family that is, you know, certainly worthy of, of a wonderful animal. So. Just a couple of quick success stories I wanted to share. 
That is great stuff. And, you know, listen, yeah. that's, that's community, right? Well, like where, that's what we're trying to do. Like this is to, to bring to you education and, and awareness about what's going on. And I have, as some of you might know, I've been out to Camp Happy Tales NYC with my son. Yep. And we, we had a special day out there. And actually, we, I don't know if we commented on the show last week, Valerie, but, you know, it was, I saw the, um, <laughs> I saw the, uh, uh, you know, the snow plows out there in the backyard and, and all the stuff, you know, cause that's a, if you're in Queens and, and, you know, uh, or if you're on Long Island for that matter, uh, and, and you're looking to rescue an animal. And I, I will tell you, we were close with rescuing a couple of the dogs out there, um, much to the disappointment of my children, but, um, I just think we weren't ready, but if you are ready, you, you gotta go rescue. You have to, well, um, and, uh, <laughs> Regina runs a tight ship out there. And I'm appreciative. I mean, I had I had a broom in my hand most of the time we were out there cleaning up. So it was it was very fun. Let's jump into this because I know Alex, Linda, I don't know if we've met before. Um, Valerie and Alex had talked before the show, but I don't think you guys have met prior to, to today, right? Prior we've to never today. met in person. I don't think I've seen, quote unquote, uh, Linda in probably 10 years. But I can't believe what a small world it is because she had sponsored uh, one of my business networking events like in 2011, I think it was. And I just remember she was so wonderful and sweet. It doesn't surprise me at all when I saw her name involved with, um, you know, doing something compassionate for, for animals. So it's just full circle and I'm really excited. It, it's pretty special. It, it, sorry to cut you off, Linda. So here's the thing, Alex, introduce yourself real quick. And then uh, like 30 seconds, Linda, the same thing. We'll go to a quick break and then we'll get really dive into the story. So Alex, take away. Okay, so I'm Alex Wolf. I'm the director of photography for Concierge Photography in Jericho, and I travel around the world and I take pictures both above and below the waterline of animals. Not, to, of course, I do photos here as well, uh, portraits, all that kind of stuff. But here it's, we're talking about um, animals today, so we'll focus on that. So, and you bring your friend Linda, which is so fun. That's what we do here. It's all about connection. So, tell us, Linda, tell us about yourself and uh, what you're working on in the animal world. I am Linda Herskowitz, and I'm a sales director with Mary Kay Cosmetics. I'm an entrepreneur, and I have started many years ago with Canine Companions, and I am a puppy raiser volunteer. It's a non-for-profit, and I'm on puppy number five who's sound asleep in his crate. Um, oh. But I do have a change of career dog here that maybe she'll show herself or not. I did have, the way I got involved was I, um, my husband and I adopted a dog that didn't make it. It's called a change of career dog. And what we did was we became a therapy team through ABT, and he was the resident surfer dog for Camp Anchor in Lido Beach. Oh, I love them. Yep. Served on his board alongside autistic children on their boards, and he recently crossed the Rainbow Bridge. So what they did was they had a paddle out, and they had it just like they do in Hawaii, out on the boards. And we had this whole big celebration of life because I was very fortunate oh. to have him for 10 years. What, what was his name? His name was Norm, N-O-R-M. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, actually, that paddle out generated $6,000 worth of donations to Canada. That's amazing. That's, That's incredible. Amazing. That's yeah. incredible. We are going to take a quick break, but I will tell you this. I'm, I know Camp Anchor very well. My cousin Lindu, who's passed on, was very uh, involved with Anchor. Our fa- family foundation, Lindy Lou Foundation, has, has supported the drama mm-hmm. program down at Anchor for oh. many, many years. 
Yeah, the drama program is very special with Sandy and team down there. So we know that we know that organization. So that's awesome. I wish I had met Norm, but I didn't. So we will have to tell us a story. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. We will be back. Well, what are we going to be doing? We'll be back. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> woo. Uh, a lot of caffeine in this body right now. We'll be right back. We got a lot to talk about. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. Right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We are back with the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. Welcome to the show. Concierge photography, head photographer, Alex Wolf is here. Linda Herskowitz on behalf of uh, Canine Companions is here. Right away, I mean, in that first, towards the end of that first segment, realizing how deep the connections go, right? When you're connected, specifically like Long Island geography, you know, that's that happens a lot out here. Um, but let's let's dive into this conversation. I showed some pictures during some photographs during the break. And I mean, I still have them up on my screen and I'm like in awe. Like I've heard the coral reef, unfortunately, by because of what we've done to this planet is struggling. Alex, these photos that you're sharing, are they recent that I shared? Are they recent photos? Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing on the water? Um, one of those was um, a, a, an anemone crab. Uh, on an anemone, I think that was in the Maldives. Uh, there was a little shrimp uh, in the upper left-hand corner. Um, so anemones grow where there is healthy reef. Uh, mm. The crabs, of course, grow where there is healthy coral. The and anemones and the corals healthy where there is the water is clean. And actually, it's very temperature sensitive. Um, so corals can actually 
die off during um, El Nino years and other uh, heat waves in the ocean. Mm. Hmm. So I have like so many questions, I can't help it. But um, so let me start with professionally. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there who love to take pictures, obviously. Um, I am aware that technology obviously has changed a lot too, but if someone was hypothetically looking to get involved in wildlife photography, um, what would you suggest? Like, did you take classes or did you just, just always do it and then eventually submit your pictures and people started or patients mm. bought it or how you know, does it work? Well, well, first it's a mix. And I would say that before someone spends the time learning to be the photographer, they spend the time learning the business end of it to be able to market their work. Um, mm. Most of the time when you see pe- uh, photos that people do, um, they're really for themselves. They're not, they, they might be what you consider professional quality photographers, but they're not out there marketing and selling that work. They're doing it for themselves and to share with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, experience is probably the, the number one teacher. But uh, what someone had told me a long time ago, one of my mentors was said, you have to see great work to know how to create great work. Um, I had a a mentor, John Woodward. He was uh, the photographer for the Yankees, for the Tennis Association. So not at all a nature photographer. But when he looked at my work, he told me how how, how nice it was and then told me uh, the gap between my work, you know, and everybody loved my work, um, and professional work. You know, so he had to point out and showed me um, the difference between what I was doing and that professional level of work. Uh, composition uh, was a major piece of that um, and how to clean up an image so that it is something that people want to look at. Alex, is that both like, is that both in the initial, because I'm, 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 this seems pretty technical at this point. Is it in the initial shot? Is it in the development phase? Like, is it, can it be, can things be uh, improved upon in the production phase after you've already taken the, sh- I, again, digitally now, I'm sure, right? Yeah, so so actually that was always the case. There's a photo of four generals from the Civil War together and they had never met. So digital manipulation of f- photographs mm-hmm. is 150 years old. No, so it's not something new. And even with, you know Ansel Adams, uh, a famous landscape uh, photographer, wow. father of the zone system, but had um, was manipulating his stuff um, inside the dark room. And my mother loves his stuff. He's got the black and white, right? The yeah. nature, the big old pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do too. And, and, and he at, at, at the end of his career, he was doing Photoshop. Um, so here's the thing. So I started in film. And I used to think that what I caught on my camera on that particular day was it. It was either a good photo, a great photo, or not a great photo. And um, what's happened is if you have your own dark room, you can improve that. Wildlife photographer Charles Glatz is from Long Island. Um, and I remember being in his house, in his bedroom, we were still living with his mother 45, 50 years ago. Doing using what's called a slide duper. So he would take a picture of different portions of a slide and block out different portions, and he'd be putting sunsets behind animals when there was no sunset. 
Uh, mm-hmm. of, now he he's he's uh, I think he's a canon explorer of light and and um, a professional wildlife photographer from Long mm-hmm. Island. Um, he doesn't have to do that anymore, but he was doing that before there was digital, and digital. Has I used the, to do that. You used to do um, slide yeah. duping. I used to do that with scissors and like rubber scents. Well, we, no, yes, you're absolutely right. Cut and paste. Yes, and used to legitimate, like literally cut and paste. I have to ask you though, because this is just how my mind works. I know this. I've been snorkeling and whatever, and I always said to myself, if I ever like, if I ever saw a shark, there's no need for them to even come get me because I would just have a heart attack and die in the water. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm assuming. In you know wildlife photography, you must have had some scary moments. Like, were there any? Was there a time where you actually were legitimately like, "Uh oh, this could be really bad." So uh, I'm also a dive instructor. I've never had a problem with animals, um, but I have had to rescue people at a hundred feet. You know, where they're running out of air or someone uh-huh. having problems um, that they create for themselves, like someone who was going diving who was drunk. Oh. And- couldn't um, really control themselves, and we had a rescue uh, her. And that was only an eight feet of water down in the Cayman Islands. Are, are you <laughs> photographing eight feet of water? That's scary. That, that she isn't even that far down, and you still had to be rescued. But she you still said it's a she. Was it a she? I, it, 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 that that happens to be a she. Sharon. I didn't say that. Alex said it. No, Alex said it, Valerie. Don't. That's okay. not fair. Yes, that I is. Did, I, I did say it, but but the guy who I rescued at a hundred feet was was a marine who was on duty, on um, embassy duty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I had to save him in um, the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I'm sorry, the Gulf of California, you know, at 100 feet. So it's not a man-woman thing. Scary. It's, no, um, I know. I was just teasing. But, you know, ultimately, I find it interesting after all this, all these decades of wildlife photography, like you, you have pretty much not had a close encounter with like a, like a grizzly or somebody. <laughs> I, I, I don't go near grizzlies. I, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I do sharks. Now, there's a, a, an interesting quote I have here. Uh, and, and here's the interesting thing. We pay extra money to dive with sharks. I mean, that's a premium. So if it costs a hundred dollars to go diving, if you're doing a shark dive, it costs hundred and seventy-five dollars. And I do it just about every single year. Where do you um, do that, Alex? Where Where do you have to go to? Like, if can you do that off the coast of the island here, or do you have to go like into the Caribbean? Yeah, there are people who I don't really like the cold water uh, anymore. I used to teach up here. I don't do that anymore. But a lot of people dive with blue sharks between here and uh, and Boston. Um, but mo- mostly I-, I like to travel. I, I do uh, shark dives w- with Stuart Cove down in the Bahamas where they filmed all the Bond films, you know, Thunderball. I've dove the Thunderball wreck and there are sharks there every single day. And I'm talking 40 or 50 sharks. You'll see there's a picture coming up behind me of um, two sharks swimming right behind me. What kinds? What yeah. kinds? Those were Caribbean reef sharks and, and there are sharks, but occasionally there are other types of ocean sharks that show up as well. Alex, and shout you're out your not website. Nervous? I'm sorry. No, I just want to hear it because Alex is talking about the pictures behind him. And if somebody's just listening in, they're not going to see this. Yeah. So, Alex, yeah, yeah. your website, I'll share it on, on uh, Facebook. But shout it out for us, please. Um, well, my website's concierge photography.com. 
but to see my photographs is really a different link that I, and I'll, I'll post a couple of links in there. Um, and the video that's playing behind me, you could see on YouTube. So I have some stuff of yours. So I'll, I'll share something that I have uh, on. Yeah. On I have different links. You have phenomenal pictures. I mean, I'm sure you, I, this is incredible work. This is like national geographic. Uh, no, it's not. I, I actually not. go to the national geographic photographer in the Maldives. Okay. We were photographing um, uh-huh. whale sharks, and I have to tell you that mm-hmm. um, my work didn't come close to his. So it, you, you okay? So you have you dived and and you have seen whale sharks in person. Yes. Ah, oh, that is so cool. That's the one kind of shark I can I can hang out with. I so <laughs> let me ask you a question: Is a because we got to go to a quick break, but I got to ask this question because somebody just said this the other day, and I don't know if it's true. I can't remember. I think it was in a meeting I was in, and somebody said that a killer whale is not exact is not actually a whale, but it's a dolphin. Is anybody well, in- the Senescents? They're 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 all in the whale family. It, it's just um, a, a different family of whale. Yeah, you have toothed whales, and you have baleen whales, um, blue, blue whales, the big giants. Um, Humpback whales that we mostly see. I'm going to go uh, photograph them again in um, Dominican Republic in two weeks. Um, they, they don't have teeth, right? They trap um, shrimp and stuff, krill, in uh, in this tooth-like structure that really is just a filter. Mm-hmm. Um, dolphins are, are toothed whales or beaked whales, uh, as, as are killer whales so it's just you know it's scientific taxonomy that there's things that group different things together and tooth versus baleen are two things that separate one kind of whale one big portion of whales from another portion of whales valerie where can you go to get this type of information where can you learn about bone broth for your dog's joints and then dolphins and then we're going to be talking about canine companions only here, ladies and gentlemen, I was setting you up for that one. Only here on the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. We'll be right back. 90 seconds and we're back. Howdy, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. 
at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Oh, no, Tommy, you've got me trying to sing, too. Hey, um, welcome to the show. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the Professional and Animal Lovers show. Before I forget, really quickly, I did want to uh, finish off the announcement that Tommy and I were gearing up for, which is uh, we have decided to create our very first events this year. So later in 2022, it's going to be late October, early November. We haven't put the date yet. Um, we are going to host something that we're going to call the Possum Awards. Possum. So we're going to have some honorees. We're going to choose some people that are just doing great things for animals. Um, and, you know, the whole point of the show is to highlight those people and, and amplify their stories. But um, we hope that you can join us in support of some, you know, great advocates and compassionate people um and we'll get you all the details when we have them so very excited yay <laughs> linda you didn't bring um, pom-poms I did. No. oh you did what a party what a party we haven't seen each other in over 10 years and we both knew to bring our pom-poms amazing, yeah. amazing. That's connection man that's connection my soulmate but so here's the point right it, it does it does not shock me at all that that linda uh is involved with a, a phenomenal not-for-profit that uh and she's helping animals and people but so here's the theory like we want to highlight these people because let's say, uh, you know, you're interested in um, this, you need more makeup. Like, you know, you haven't purchased makeup in a while, or maybe you're just not happy with your makeup or whatever. Like, so Linda, who works with Mary Kay, is a consultant. She's been doing it for a long time. My point is this. Why not give someone who who is compassionate to the animals and who's out there doing good things to help her community? Why not give her the shot? Versus just flying blind and going to the mall or ordering something online. Why not support people in business who are like Alex, who's also donating his time and services, taking pictures of these animals to help them, you know, get exposure. No pun intended. Exposure. You know, <laughs> I like this. I love this is what we're trying to do. So, Linda, without any further ado, I'm all excited. Um, please tell us about companion animals, what you do for them, and and how uh, their programs are. Okay, absolutely. Well, I am Linda Herskowitz, and I am a volunteer for Canine Companions out in Medford. I'm also a puppy raiser, which is a huge honor and privilege. None of us feel like we're entitled. Things have been going along well. We, um, I adopted a change of career dog. That's a dog that's fully trained, goes into professional training, and for whatever reason, they just don't want to work. They'd rather not do what needs to be done, and they'd rather be a pet. So fortunately, I adopted My husband and I adopted him. So about two years, we had him about six months, a year. And I really wanted to give back to this fabulous non-for-profit. So I asked my vet. I said, do you think I'd be a good puppy raiser? 
And he said, I really do. So we picked up our first puppy, Zendel the second. It's an interview process. You have to always remember in the back of your mind that this is not your dog. Mm. They give you this precious cargo. My, well, let me talk about Sean, my last one, Sean. I got him at seven weeks on Memorial Day weekend, um, this past Memorial Day. He's going to be 10 weeks this month. They hand you this dog, and they do guide you along. We do have puppy classes. Of course, now during COVID, we were doing five to seven classes via Zoom per week. But you need to teach them 30 commands. We're not trainers. We're volunteer puppy raisers. You need to teach them 30 commands, and you need to socialize them. And they have to be a dog that they're bred. They're bred to be service dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, so after about um, 18 months of all the blood, sweat, and tears, and the volunteer puppy raiser absorbs the cost. Um, yes, I have. The answer to that is yes. You know, Vinny, so, you know, I asked, I asked Linda in the chat, my cousin, his son has a companion dog from Canine Companions named Vinny. You know that dog? I do. I do. Did you raise him? No, I did not. Okay. Um, I'll go wow. through the process of what I raised. They are handing you a $50,000 dog. Wow. We keep them uh, 17 to 19 months, teach them the 30 commands, make sure that they're socialized, and we play with them also. It's not just all work. And right. then they go to professional training out in Medford for six to nine months. If they are slotted to be a hearing dog, which I seem to think this puppy that I'm now raising may be because he's very sound sensitive, they will mm-hmm. either go to California or they will go to Florida. There's only three instructors throughout the entire organization that are capable and qualified to train hearing dogs. Wow. What about breeds, Linda? Are there, sorry, are there specific breeds? I mean, yes. they... The labs, they look like labs. Labrador retrievers and golden retrievers or crosses. I have a cross right now. Um, So, so, I'm sorry. Can you just back up for one second? These animals that are being trained to be um, uh, service animals, what types of services are they providing? So, you've mentioned one, hearing hearing service. And I have a cheat sheet, so I don't forget. Someone that needs total assistance, someone that's deaf, someone that has PTSD, someone mm-hmm. that has a physical disability, someone that ha- may have autism. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a mall and you see a kid having a meltdown, you look, you glare at the at the, the person that's with them, usually. If they have a dog, people stare at the dog. If a child goes into the mall in a wheelchair, they no longer look at the child, they look at the dog. And mm-hmm. some of the things that the dogs can do would be um, open a door and drawer, they will pull a laundry basket and get paid not minimum wage. <laughs> um, push with their nose to show the drawer. They also have the capabilities of picking up a credit card from the floor and handing it to a merchant. Wow. So at the end of the day, you have to turn them in. You have to let them go. That's hard. It's hard. It's a, it's a, it's a very emotional process, but it's a very rewarding process. Are they always working, Linda? Like while you're raising this puppy, see, because that's a, that's what I wonder. Like, so you see, that's got to be, and this is what I think you're setting up for is like after 18 months, it's not your dog anymore. So, um, but it, but it's not always working. So it's family. You got it as a puppy, right? It was 10 weeks old. This thing, yeah. So, so that's got to be tough to to let that's it go. So hard. We also have play dates. We have puppy play dates. Oh, yeah. so, um, they get to play with. 
as opposed to a guide dogs. Guide dogs are not allowed to play with a ball, obviously. We teach them fetch, we teach them to interact with each other, and we teach them a lot of things. Um, like during COVID, they had to do like just a high five. So that was, we had to scramble to learn how to do mm. that. Um, a lot of times we'll do a touch. But some of the other things that they do is they'll pull a lightweight uh, manual wheelchair if need be. They will also uh, turn the lights on and off. And um, my first dog changed his mind and he went to someone um, who just adopted him. But this guy was going through a really tough time right now. Right at that time, he had just lost his job. And I would say that Zindel did as much for him as, you know, another dog. My second dog, Hubert, um, fabulous dog. Uh, no, yeah, he was a fabulous dog. And he graduated, and he's with a woman who is a psychiatric, pediatric nurse practitioner, and she works on the island. She's also mm. has MS. She's in a scooter. Wow. Mm -hmm. So he's mm -hmm. a tremendous help for her, even at work. My, um, I saw um, a video. I don't know if this was a companion canine or not, but um, I saw a video of a woman who has Asperger's, and um, she just had a, a an episode. I, I think that's what it's called. I'm not sure, but she's she hits herself. She actually will physically like slap and and hit herself. And this dog who was with her, service animal, kind of like nuzzles up into her and and like puts uh, his paws on on her, like almost like a hug. And she yeah. sunk down against the wall, and then he was her face and her neck until she start, like kind of snapped out of it and then she started laughing and then she started crying and then I was crying but uh they're incredible what what these animals can learn and understand and and provide it's incredible and I thank you too because if it weren't for selfless people like you uh, and I know it, it also is rewarding. I mean, I fostered one cat and I was hysterical crying for the, the day I had to release her, you know, and that was like three months, you know, but uh, it, it is, it is a bittersweet thing. It's very difficult. And I'm sure that there's not a lot of people who are a willing to commit the time be, you know, willing to commit the emotional investment, knowing that you're going to, you know, release this beautiful animal from your care hard. I don't know if I could do it. I'm just being honest. Alex met Hubert and Alex mm. met Jay, which was my next graduate. And, and Norm. And Norm as well. Norm, of course. Of course you knew Norm. Everybody knows Norm. You can go online. Norm! Like when you go to Cheers. Yeah, Norm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and so, Alex, you, uh, you participate and you take pictures of these animals and it helps uh, fundraise for this great organization? Or it, it helps fundraise. It helps get publicity. Um, mm -hmm. The organization does something every September called Dog Fest. So I think one year for Christmas, I went to the Medford Center. I, was, I don't know if that was Christmas or what that was. Yeah, um, yep, was Christmas. Yep. And I, I photographed dogs at a couple of dog fests where, in addition to photographing the dogs for canine companions at dog fest held over at Arches in, um, on, by, over by Comac, um, people bring their own dogs. So as a fundraiser, we do dog portraits. 
and the money goes directly to Canine Companions. And our dog um, now is at Marjorie Post Park, and that will be in September. Oh, Massapequa. Massapequa. The different type of dogs. It's not just total service dogs. They're an assistance dog, which means the person, the recipient, either can't take care of the dog or they're younger than 18. We also have facility dogs that would go into rehabs. And we also have the criminal justice dogs. We have two at the Nassau DA and we have two in the Suffolk DA. And they are used to calm people down. Uh, those that are going to testify, the jury does not see that the dog is there, but the dog is made to have the person be calm when they're doing testimony. Wow. Who so, knew how cool? This is so cool. This is yeah, like, really, yeah. I want to I just make a quick thing because we got to take a sneak out to a break real quick. But Linda, I'd love to you know talk about having you on. There's another program called Philanthropy and Focus every Friday morning here on talkradio.nyc. And I just happen to be the host of that show. I would love to uh, talk to you about having you or somebody from Canine Companions come on the show and tell the story even in more depth. Uh, and I would like to ask for a favor. I'm on a mission to do 60 days of service for nonprofits. So put me to work out there. Maybe it's at the dog fest. Um, I'd rather if I'm not walking around with a pooper scooper for, you know, four or five oh, hours, no, 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 I'm sure no. you could probably. <laughs> Everybody has to take care of their own poop. Oh, well, good, good deal. I think that's a, you know what? Look, I think that's a good policy, no matter what species you are. Everyone <laughs> should take care of their own poop. Own poop. And that's, yeah, and let's tell that to my cats. And let's go to a break on that note. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Should we do a duet? Should we sing like welcome back to the show together? Wanna to do it? One, two, three. Welcome, welcome back to, to the show. show. <laughs> totally unplanned. Look at us. Oh my god, it's like, is it Lennon and McCartney or is it Heffron and Tommy Day? I don't know. Like perfect. <laughs> you guys have jobs, right? 
We, I, I don't like what you're saying, Wolf. I don't like what you're about to imply here, sir. <laughs> Should we keep our day jobs? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, they're very talented amateur photographers as well. <laughs> yeah, very good. I just laughed so much I snorted. That's not good. That's silly. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we are back. It's pals. Valerie, this is the lightning round. Let's move to it. We got it. Let's get out. It's back in the conversation. I was Linda and I were chatting during the break in the uh, chat room here. And uh, she's got something pointing she's going to share with us towards the end. Um, But why don't you take us home, Valerie? So in an effort to uh, also improve myself, I want, I think a lot of people are a work in progress, right? Not only are we trying to um, patronize and provide our consumer dollars to places and people who support animal welfare um, or like what Linda's doing and what Alex is doing. Um, I need to mention two things. One, uh, my husband and I are uh, starting our journey to reduce significantly, significantly reduce our meat intake. Um, And I will say I've been finding a lot of delicious things to eat that are plant-based. Impossible chicken is definitely one of them. Although I made a vegan uh, mushroom bolognese last night, which was terrible. Very disappointed in that. Um, and I just want to encourage people to try and find different ways and different, um, avenues to, you know, really be conscious of your, of your consumer choices, because that is what, what's that? I got two comments on that. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. I want to comment. Oh, well, that is what, what drives markets, you know, and there, there is a huge uptick in people who are going vegetarian or vegan. And I'm not saying you have to, but. What I am saying is like, even if you do meatless Mondays, um, or even if you're doing uh, meatless versions uh, of meals two days a week, big picture, you know, it's it's a very large impact if everyone did that. And um, for what it's worth, I keep hearing from different doctors that it's the only diet, the vegan diet, um, plant-based that can reverse heart disease. So that's huge. We'll probably have to cover that in an upcoming show. We totally should have like a cardiologist who who's like really on that vegan, you know, vegetarian, yeah. like plant. I, I, I think I have the perfect person from Long Island, actually. And uh yeah, it's it's a real thing. And, you know, um, there's a lot of people whose family histories include cardiac issues, cardiology issues, what a congestive heart failure, all of that. So I don't want to, you know, dig too deep on this. But for example, when we do our event, one of the criteria is that whatever venue we choose, we'll have to have some plant based options, because I know there's a lot of people like John DiLeonardo or whoever that that's all they eat. So we want to support them that way too. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Linda, I want a catalog because I need lipstick. There you go. (laughs) Buy from people who are supporting. They're supporting. Very good. Remember, fish are friends, not food. Yeah. So I think Nemo told us that, right? Yes. And we do have pictures of Nemo coming. Uh, He's a clownfish. Was he a clownfish? I I think actually an anemone fish, which is uh, in the clownfish family. But I couldn't tell you how you differentiate between the two. That's m- more science than I'm willing to, <laughs> to pursue. Uh, one of the reasons why I do the photography and sh- you know why I want to be on the show is you know the point that I like to make with this is that it, education you don't protect something you don't know about, right. and that's true whether it's um, a puppy or 
or the water. You know, we have, we have clean water because people have realized that when, when you pollute the water, um, you, you kill a fish and actually you bring that into it towards yourself. So in that circle of life, mm-hmm. you know, anything you protect is really in the end protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. And you need to know. Oh, there's an anemone fish. If you, you got the video, oh my god, right there. Yeah, if you're checking it out right now behind Alex, you see on my shoulder. Uh, now l- let me let me ask you a question. Was I mean I think Ellen did an incredible job in that movie when she was like, um, Mar. Uh, what was her name? Dory. Like Dory. Have you seen the movie, guys? It's it's yes. Okay, good. It's a, anyway, I now I, I'll die. <laughs> It's a, great movie. it's a great movie, but Ellen Ellen DeGeneres is very funny. Like I'm telling you, like this just came out. You know, the movie's been out like 30 years, and I'm like, hey, news story, like news flash. Just keep like, swimming. Just keep swimming. Keep swimming. <laughs> oh, she was funny. She was funny in that movie. Um, and and uh, so one quick thing about um, you know, about the the meatless situation that you're talking about. Last night, shout out to a restaurant. I didn't know I was going to do this right in my neighborhood. You called Choppers. And they're like, they're a burger spot, but I got the vegan uh, chili cheese fries and like the chili, like I didn't, if I didn't look down, I wouldn't have known I was really, really hungry, but I wouldn't have known if there was chopped meat in there or not. It was just like beans and chickpeas and stuff like that. It was perfect. So that was good. And then I actually recently just made a new connection with, um, with somebody. And I, I mentioned, you know, I'm trying to eat less meat and he's in, he's, uh, he, he owns a butcher shop. And he said, well, you know, the thing about it is you don't need to eat less meat. You know, you need to eat better meat, which is more expensive, which means you'll end up eating less meat. And I said, oh, look <laughs> can't afford as much meat. Wow. I said, wow, that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Shrink, shrinkflation. Shrink, it may, oh, you told me about that shrinkflation. Yeah. Thing. I, no, to- I have to say, though, that it, it is incredible. This is my word of the year, right? I think you and I have spoken to this in prior years where we choose one word for the year. I think you chose elevate one year. and I don't know. Good. Yeah. But yeah. my word of the year is ripple. Mm. there's so many little ripple effects that have already occurred from the show. I mentioned a couple in the beginning, but this is just another one because it's been a while. And when you're surrounded with animal lovers, there's all different degrees of, you know, involvement, advocacy, whatever, but quite a few of my animal loving friends have been making the case to, you know, involve more plant-based things. And, you know, it's, it's tough to argue. It's tough to argue. Like I love animals, but here's a big fat steak on my plate. You know what I mean? So yeah, it seems counterintuitive. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It does. And then, yeah. And then when you involve the health element, like people normally will go to a a vegetarian or plant-based diet for two reasons. It's either a health and their doctor is telling them you need to go this route or B, it's because of a humane, compassionate component. And sometimes it's both. But ultimately, I guess what I'm just trying to say is that this show has, it's having a tremendous impact on a lot of people, including us. No doubt. No um, doubt. And Linda, I, I really, I'm so grateful for the fact that Alex brought you into this show because what you're doing deserves to be spotlighted and highlighted. You know, it's, I'm so grateful to you for what you're doing for the animals. So Linda, tell us, Linda, I know you wanted to read something for us and I, I'm only pushing because we're running out of time. So you wanted to read something from a graduate from the program or somebody, a recipient of one of the pups. Can you do that quick so we can uh, make sure we get it in? 
I will. Okay. This is written by a graduate. While I was hoping for a miracle and something to make my life better, a canine companion's puppy raiser was having sleepless nights as she housebroke a puppy. While I was filling out the papers and waiting for my name to come up on the list, she was taking a puppy to classes and socializing a puppy to the world. When I was called for team training and planning a trip, she was hopeful the puppy would pass tests so it could be there too. While I traveled to meet my new partner, she was praying that her puppy would make a placement. When I was nervous and waiting to see what dog would become my arms and legs, she was nervous and waiting to know if all her hard work had paid off. At graduation, when I was excited to leave with my new independence, she was saying goodbye. One minute's time. Sorry. When I was at home with my new service dog, snuggling with me in bed, she was at home trying to ignore the empty spot where he used to be. When she thought she was alone and feeling her loss, we were thinking of her and carrying her love in our hearts. It's a very emotional journey. Yes. The nicest thing is, is when you have a graduate, it gives that person so much more independence. And that's what makes it so worthwhile. That is Bless you. Bless you, Linda. The dog makes the decision. It's uh, incredibly special uh, because I, I choose to only cry once a month on this show. I, I have to, we have to fade to black pretty soon so you can't see. that I'm going to get all mushy right now. This is your Professionals and Animal Lovers show. Alex Wolf was here. Linda Herskowitz is here. We will have to have you back on the show because the one thing about this show is we always run out of time before we run out of stuff to say, which is kind of my life. Valerie Heffron, my partner in this particular operation, I appreciate you. I appreciate your vision. I will leave you all with this, and we will see you next week at 2 o'clock Eastern time on PALS. But I leave you with this. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals by stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Yay, Gandhi. Bless you, Linda. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. Make it a great day. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? 
Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 